Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this new crazy mother. The Savachi syndrome, I'm telling you, I'm. Well, holy shit, that was crazy. Wait for it. Thick and slick. <laughs> What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show, episode 161 here. It is the Working Man Wednesday show here. We have ourselves another residency. We are in Dallas here for three rounds, and two of the three rounds are complete. Before we jump into the show here, let's just thank our sponsors really quick. So first off, we'd like to thank our presenting sponsors, TLR Coatings. They are Michigan's number one custom powder coating shop. Also offering coating and vapor blasting. Make sure to look them up, tlrcoatings.com, and follow them on all the major social media networks to check out all the projects we are currently working on. Also want to thank our other presenting sponsor, Premier Custom Trailers. Do you need a trailer, commercial or residential? Premier Custom Trailers has what you need. They work with all the best manufacturers in the industry and specialize in all your trailer needs. Sales, service, parts, or rentals, they do it all. PremierCustomTrailers.com, located five minutes south of Kalamazoo on US 131 in Schoolcraft, Michigan. They put the custom in customer service. Also want to thank a couple other sponsors we've got on board. JT Cycle, helping us out. They are your uh, gas gas and Husky and Steel Chainsaw and some sort of mower company. I can't ever remember. Uh, Grizzly, baby. Oh, God, Jesus. In, uh, in Battle Creek, Michigan, so make sure to check them out, jtcycle.com. And then also want to thank the Dirt Bike Depot for being on board with us. It's the dirt bikedepotcom They sell slightly used and brand-new gear at a discounted price, so make sure to go check them out. Their inventory is always changing. If you want to help support the show, biggest thing you can do is like, subscribe, comment to the channel. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, you can uh, leave us a review. That would be awesome. Awesome. Um, if you want to, uh, if you want to check us out on all the major social media networks, we have stuff going on all the time on those. Cole is constantly finding little tidbits that are awesome to uh, lay down on there. They're super funny. Also, make sure to check out the new Fantasy Supercross podcast that we, me and Cole, do usually the day before the race. It goes up on YouTube and on this podcast network. So make sure to check all those out. And if you want to help support us in a monetary way, there are all sorts of links in the description for Amazon. Uh, there's links for buying some uh, merchandise. There are links for Patreon, all sorts of that stuff. So make sure to check all of that out. So now getting to our guest on the show here. Like I said, episode 161. We didn't do a show on Sunday after the Saturday race because, well, let's face it, I was on vacation. I wasn't feeling super great. So... It was just a migraine, everyone, so don't freak out. Didn't have the COVID. So, uh, but anyway, no show after that. So, we are wrapping up two Dallas rounds here. Hopefully, we'll get a uh, friend of the show, Kevin Morans, on later, but he is suffering through some motor issues. But on the line with me right now, first off, normal co host of the show, my co host of the fantasy show, Cole Ugetti. Cole, what's going on tonight, man? Oh, not a lot, man. Um, I've got some graphics laid out, some handlebars, uh, a pipe, 
just uh, getting ready to get this bike dialed in. Oh, man. So you're like five days ahead of me right now is what you're saying. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't have a shock, so I'm doing all this stuff with uh, with no shock on the bike, which sucks because <laughs> I'd like to ride this thing this weekend. But uh, I, I everybody's backed up right now. Everybody got their stimmies today. Everybody went and bought Husqvarna's with all their money from last year. And uh, suspension place might be backed up a little bit. So I guess I'm going to try to be patient. Yeah, I'm uh I'm patiently is uh the spring I ordered, is that supposed to be and how how am I getting that? Is that going to you and then you're just gonna bring it to me or what's the deal? Yeah, yeah, that's how that'll work. Okay, cool. Just want just wanted to know how my stuff was getting here because my plastic shipped the other day right after I got them. My seat cover shipped today, so I am uh I'm getting there slowly. So uh, yeah. uh also on the line with us, co host on the uh, on the occasional, hopefully becoming more regular, former factory mechanic, former Verb Moto contributor, Tom Cooper. Tom, what's up, man? <laughs> factory is a little bit extra for me, but all right. Hey, nice to hear from everybody. Yeah. Hey, I have uh, I have some powder coating from you that came all the way from uh, uh, California. Yeah, I just about hit a dot gram right now as you say that, but uh, you know everything's going good. And while you're thinking of powder coating, you better be powder coating that spring you're about to put on your blue bike. Something cool because if you don't, that's kind uh, of bullshit. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I probably, I probably will. We'll see what color it comes. I don't know what what color it comes stock, but uh, yeah. yellow, white, or black. Okay, well, whatever it comes, we'll probably change that up. Unless it's like black, if it's black, I'll probably just leave it. But. Outside of that, yeah, I'll probably change it. I'll do something serious on it. Factory color, you know. You know, I got two I got two things to say before we get to rolling two cards this day. My first one is only Travis would run a show on St. Patrick's Day in at night. And I'm only Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I said that earlier. I said that earlier. I was like, eight o'clock, dude, that's my unwind time. He said that's when second shift starts. And I said, I ain't about that action. Oh my god. I'm supposed to be drink sipping on green beers right now and uh I'm not. So Why I mean right. you could be <laughs> sipping on green beers talking about the talking about the races. I mean, Jesus, no one hey, said this had hey. to be a sober show, all right? Hey, yeah. you know what else Travis did? Oh God! Here we go. We tried doing one on Valentine's Day when we were all hanging with our women. <laughs> yeah, and y'all bailed that out all right. uh-huh. like a bunch of jackass. I can't help that the races are on these stupid ass holidays. All right, it's not well, my fault. I, guess, sure. I didn't put the residency in fucking in in fucking Dallas on fucking Saint, the day before St. Patrick's Day, so we had to do a show, okay? It's not my fault. This is not but, my fault. But you're also that guy that says fuck what people think and, and run your own program. Yeah, exactly. That's why we're running it tonight. <laughs> I'd have done the damn show by myself tonight if I really had to, so. But hey, uh, l- luckily I got l- luckily I got good friends. All right, Cole, I know you've only got a half an hour because, you know, you're doing bike things or whatever. All right, man. What do you What do you want to start with? Then talking about anything Where do from I want to Dallas start? One or uh, Dallas Two? Oh, we don't have Justin today. I thought Justin was on. No, no, no. Justin's got one of them uh, real jobs where he has to work all sorts of weird hours. Heartbroken. And we don't. Our really... fans, our fan base, or your fan base, however we say that, wants Justin Hartle on. That's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, they like. Do they know how much they love him, but they will. They like it when I get him riled up, dude, and he starts spitting and getting all red faced. Oh man, do they love that? 
Uh, so I got you know one more thing to say to you guys. Uh, last time we had talked, you guys had tried to convince me that, that each of these um, series, the 250 West Beat and 450, were all two horse races, and I'd like to say uh, I'm pretty sure that's not the case. And not only that, but I said uh, I rattled off a couple names. I said Seth Hamaker, uh, Hunter Lawrence, and a few other guys. And guess what the fuck happened, boys? Because oh, uh, I'm pretty sure the two horse race is no longer two ponies. I wouldn't get super wild on that. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Uh, Hunter Lawrence looks pretty dang good. And can you imagine if that Lawrence gets the title and not the other one? I mean, that would be pretty fucking wild. Oh man, I can't wait to see the four one outdoors because uh, I'm sure that uh, at least Cole was there and remembers. But when he was at the destination for some injury issues. Holy shit! I am flying. I am flying. I'm all Team America, but I'm flying the, the Lawrence flag over here. I tell you that much. Yeah, no, that was very, very impressive. And uh, yeah, the the other thing that that was impressive to me as well is uh, so I got I got three things that, that are kind of on my mind. Um, first thing was uh, Hammerker's ride in Dallas won there. I did not see that coming. I did not expect that at all. And had a little pressure in the heat race. Rode all the way through. Um, and then went wire to wire in the main, like third race out. When is the last time we've seen a rookie do something like that? Which is so that's pretty impressive. Hats off to him, and uh, yeah, got got it figured out. So I guess only Hell yeah, see if he can keep it together. I mean, he kind of shit, shit the bed a little bit uh, last night, but uh, yeah, I I'd say this season's already success success for that kid. Well, that track like that last night looked like such a fun one to ride. They still need to make them wider so the racing is better. It looks like a slot car track. Yeah. There's really two lines around the whole track, but the man, it looked fun. I, I will admit yeah, that I thought I thought with all those little short shoots and those switchbacks last night, I thought that track was going to absolutely suck, and it actually turned out very very raceable. So. I was like, well, that's a pleasant surprise there, because realistically, when we usually get all those little switchbacks like that, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, uh, And then, uh, yeah, Webb just uh, whipped his willy out and slapped it on the table and said, all right, boys. Um, And and Tomac was visibly frustrated. He didn't seem too pumped. I don't think he had anything for him. And uh, we're we're starting to see that that fall off of Kenny. what do you guys think the sickness is coming out or what do you think is going to happen? Okay, so I was thinking about this last night as I was watching the race. Okay, if you paid attention, you had Webb and Tomac pretty much ran away from Kenny, but then it was like Kenny was still 10 seconds up on fourth place. So where it kind of looked bad at the same time, I don't think it was as bad as what it appeared. Okay, Kenny was still ahead. We need to mention fourth place too here. Well, yeah. But Kenny, fourth place was the only guy on the track that was making passes like that, and that was the fourth guy that I mentioned is still in the hunt, and he may not be, <laughs> you know, in the points very much. But Mr. Justin Barsha went from way back in the passing pack and was making passes left and right, and last night's pack wasn't very easy to pass on again. Yep, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that one. So, but like I was saying, yeah, another guy that came from a ways back and was making moves, I think it would have been a freight train at the front was all Anderson. You see, he got, oh, yeah. you see he got docked like three or four spots? I think he got docked four spots. Uh, one spot. Oh, is that what it was? Him too. Because I thought... Him and McAdoo spot. both got docked then, eh? I was going to say, yeah, him and McAdoo both got docked, and I thought one got docked three and one got docked four. 
Uh, McAdoo got oh, docked fuck. three points, and Anderson got docked one spot. So AMA consistency was there. Solid, super solid. And then Hartraft gets docked two spots. Makes sense. Yeah, makes, makes a lot of sense. AMA never change. Yep. So like fuck. But yeah, I I think that would have been. Uh, Man, I think Barsha would have been right up in the mix. And uh, you know how Tomac rides when Tomac Barsha's in the mix. And I think that would have been really interesting. <laughs> yep. And uh, I really hope we get that Saturday. Me too. I hope they... I help. still think Man. that uh, if the 2-1 machine can get a start, which as we've seen and as we've mentioned, like it's a kind of a cliche Jeff Emick thing to say, but every week whoever gets a start is generally the, the man to beat. I think if the 21 machine were to get a start... He would be. Uh, he still has a real good shot at winning a race. Probably more towards like the last three or four rounds. Uh, that's when we tend to see some guys get like a unusual uh, winner get a win. I still think that Anderson could get a win this week or this uh, this season. But any anybody that's on a blue bike right now with the twenty one behind him is shit brick. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he's yeah. he's definitely going going to the front. Like he and he is definitely not scared to throw it in there. <laughs> yeah, it's also, kind of funny to be on a white bike if you're gonna trade Payless and blue bike. Yeah, <laughs> and he put another pretty interesting pass on Anderson. I just thought it or uh Ferrandis, Anderson on Ferrandis, where that <laughs> the corner with the deepest ruts in it, he goes across all four of them. Yep. Just goes straight across. <laughs> I just couldn't help but to laugh. Yep. So, um, so getting back to Kenny though, I mean, I just think last night third best dude. I mean, it like I said, it looked bad, and especially because of what had happened Saturday, it looked even worse. But I think uh, I think if if Saturday doesn't happen and he's not, or I'm sorry, I think if uh, yeah, if Saturday doesn't happen and the Daytona thing doesn't happen. And it's just like, okay, Kenny's just trying to rebound, you know, whatever. I think you look at that a lot differently and go, well, he was just the third best guy. He just couldn't quite hang, which I was actually kind of surprised because Kenny usually does pretty good with corner speed and like flat corners. And he was like, he couldn't keep it. He couldn't keep touch with them after about the first five minutes. He was just out of it. Was it from corners or was it because he was in third place in the space? I don't know. I don't know. But it was. it, Kenny's yeah. Kenny's corner speed is usually pretty good though, and with as many turns as was on that track, like I said, I I was super surprised not to see that. But then again, like I said, he's still ten seconds up on fourth place. Like, yeah, he's ten seconds behind Webb, and he was fucking I don't know six or seven behind Eli, but he was still ten seconds up on fourth place. So, just one of those races where I think he was just the third best guy on that night, but he did get a better start. He got a much better start. So, and I think if if he gets back to where he can yank starts again like he was doing in Indy, it's all over for these boys. Like if if Kenny Hole shots a race, there's a pretty good chance that he's winning it. I mean, Webb obviously yes has taken him, but he's he's obviously showed this year that if he hole shots a race, even if Webb is behind him, he can he can hold actually hold him off. Anybody? Nobody? Okay, great radio. Um, anybody want to... This show right now is me trying to back up in the dark with a fucking stand-up jet ski trailer behind my, my lifted truck. Can't see a motherfucking thing. Okay, it's warm out. Oh, it is not jet skiing on the lake warm out. Well, not yet. 
Does anybody want? Does anybody want to talk about? Does anybody want to talk about McGrath fucking just destroying? Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. Just destroying Kenny on the uh, race day live show, telling him he needs to basically pound Webb in a corner. Yeah, McGrath was awesome on race day live. That was the best person in the booth I've heard in a long time. But great insight, really told it how it was, and uh, it, it was phenomenal. I really enjoyed McGrath on race day live, and I think a lot of people say would say the same. Did you see how he was sitting in his chair? Like, I know something stupid that most people wouldn't pay attention to. He literally was just, like, leaned back, had, like, both his arms, like, back behind him almost, like, just way leaned back in the chair, just, like, chilling and just rattling off, like, yep, do this, you should do that, you should definitely take that dude out, like, don't be a bitch. I mean, it was just, it was impressive. I, I loved it, though. But, I mean, hey, dude, he is... <laughs> He is the Supercross king. Like you, he'll tell you. He'll tell you what he thinks, and I love it. Yeah, no, it's everybody good. loves him. It's yeah, it's the fucking king, bro. Uh huh. Even Ricky <laughs> called him the king. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, gotta agree with the king. Yeah, he's the king. He so I'm a little bit older than uh, than Cole. Like I'm, I'm 31. So when I was growing up riding, when I started riding on my Z50. It was all MP. Every, everything was my Showtime helmet, and I think I put a, a number one or a number two on the Z and whatever else. Cole, when you were growing up, when you started polo, and I, I assume you were pretty young when that happened, right? Who was your guy? Oh, uh, man, I uh, when I first started, uh, McGrath was my guy. It was the, uh, I, I loved him just because he looked sick, and, and he was the king. Like he, When I was introduced to the sport, he was the guy. Um, and he was kind of Wait fizzling it out. Yeah, and I like my one of the first supercrosses I ever went to was uh, at the Silverdome, actually. Um, God, what year was it? I think '01. I think Pastrana wrapped up a title that night, 2000 maybe 2000. Um, and that was the last year McGrath won a title was 2000. And uh, I remember getting a McGrath hat at the race, and it had all the crowns on it around it. I wish I still had it, but I wore the shit wow. out of that hat. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, that, and, uh, I still got a shirt that I got from that night. One's a Pastrana shirt and one's a, uh, a McGrath shirt. Um, but then wow. as time went on, I had Steel Roots 2, um, was one of McGrath's movies. And I watched the absolute shit out of that movie. Every <laughs> single day I would come home and watch it. Hell yeah. And, Steel Roots yeah. all day. I was, yeah, was and Krusty I just, me when I was a kid. Krusty's was a shit. Crusty three, you know, the D50s and all that was awesome. Yeah. Like, Steel Roots 2, man. Like, it, well, when I came home from school, just like you guys probably did, it was, uh, it was Steel Roots 2, Mini Warriors 3, Mini Warriors 4, Dramageddon, all those great movies that we don't see anymore. And, uh, no, like I said, uh, Steel Roots 2 was just, like, the one for me because McGrath, he just looked sick. And I remember going to school and saying the stuff that McGrath would say in that movie. And then I would... The, the book came out wide open. Um, mm -hmm. I was sitting in third grade reading that book with all the cuss words in it and shit. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, For any of my so, former teachers that may ever listen to this, every single uh, book report I ever did in my entire uh, youth school life was wide open. I just used the same one over and over. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, it worked. So, 
Um, let's uh, let's go back here and talk about these penalties a little bit because obviously, like we said, the AMA is so consistent, aka they're not consistent at all. They fucking suck. Um, the Anderson penalty, yes, I believe that should have been a penalty. I mean, the dude gets fucking gets a little sketchy, gets off the side of the whoops, and just fucking pins it down the side of the whoop lane and jumps back on the track. McAdoo, same story. You can't crash three-quarters of the way down the whoops and then skip the rest of the whoops and the whole next straightaway just because you're freaking out. Now, the uh, the heart raft one, I was on the fence with that because I had Cade, so I really wanted Cade to make it for my fantasy team, but I was like, uh, I don't... I don't know. I'm not 100% sure how I feel about that one. It was I was on the fence. I was majorly on the fence with that. Yeah, and I look, you're talking to Anderson one, right, where he was just clicking gears. Yeah, oh yeah, dude, he was he was full blown <laughs> yeah. like I'm just going to blow by the whoops. Yeah, and he didn't even look back at the whoops. Like he was just pinning it and <laughs> I was I was like what the fuck there? And I was really what the fuck in on McAdoo when he picks up the bike. Looks like he's going to take a right and roll through the whoops. Yep. Uh, but instead, he takes a left, and instead of riding along the whoops, he cuts straight across that double. Yeah. Uh, now, I can understand maybe not going back into the whoops because, let's face it, rolling through the whoops is fucking miserable. Yep. But at least whip that bike around <laughs> and stay next to the blocks and go down to the corner and get on. Yeah. At a, at a decent amount of speed. But well, I, whatever. I, they I, got what they got. It's such a touchy um, thing. If you're battling through the pack, if you're Jason Anderson and you just sent a Yamaha to the third row to get into the spot you're in, and then you can, and then you get a little contact, and you next thing you know, you're you're going around the the whoops. You're pissed, and you're fucking trying to chase that not 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 let them win, and you're trying to chase down the guys you were trying to chase down before you went off the track. So you're in your head. Are you really like, oh, I better check up, or are you like, fuck, I'm not losing this race over that? And then the other side of it is you really don't want to leave any of this in John Gallagher's hands. Whether you like him or hate him, you don't want it to be his decision, right? So it's such a shitty spot. Like a lot of the Chad Reed stuff that has happened in the past, like, yeah, it really sucks. But on the other hand, to leave it in their hands, to, for them to make an objective decision, it's like leaving anything in the government. Like, as soon as they fucking touch it, it's wrong, right? So such a shitty spot. I mean... So, right. the, so yeah. the An- the Anderson, the Anderson and, and McAdoo thing. I think we're all on the same page of like as soon as we saw that, it was like we all were th- thinking what Ricky said. AMA is not going to like that. Like there was never a doubt in my mind. What Ricky says every time is something about oh that was a mistake every single time. Drives me fucking crazy. Hard me kids at Yeah, there. Was- every single time I hear him talking, I'm like oh, I can't wait to like, say some little thing and calls it a mistake every single time. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, those two, when I saw it, there was never a doubt in my mind of, like, the AMA is going to fucking run with this and, and uh, and you know, they're going to they're gonna penalize them. That was, that was never a question in my mind. The heart raft thing in the LCQ, that one I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to penalize him. Are they going to let it go? Because the LCQs are always, like, the wild, wild west, and there's a ton of shit that gets let go there that never gets looked at. Now... I think had he just calmly rolled around that jump and got back on the track, I think he would have been okay. Like just tucked right in behind Cade and like got him back a couple corners later. But when he freaked out and like pinned it and you can see the dust cloud, cause you can see him pin it 
and you could see him start moving a lot faster. Then it was like, okay, that's probably not going to be all right, but maybe, I don't know. Like I said, I was very on the fence with that one, A, whether it should have been or shouldn't have been, and B, what the hell was going to even happen with it. And I could do one kind of, kind of the one that's kind of, uh, it's almost on him, right? Cause you get up and you and you have the opportunity to kind of you follow along the whoops or just you know, hop back on them or whatever. But when you kind of cut, you look, you get up and you look and then you go right and you get in a different spot on the track. Yep. Well, you're caught right headed in Canada at that point. You're not getting away with shit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pro circuit thing, man. Oh. Savachi used to do it all the time. Now we've got Mackie yeah, doing man. it. It's a pro circuit thing, bro. Which big uh, ass for that? Well, yeah. they must have beat the, uh, the shit out of Savachi then. I thought that Joey Savachi, you know, fast, both these Dallas rounds, but they're really good there. I thought that he rode really well. I don't really remember where his finishes were, but I thought that he was, uh, he looked really good. He's, Especially in the heat race. Yeah. He's definitely uh, been looking Dallas better. Dallas won Savachi. Definitely looked awesome when he kind of pulled up to the back of rocks in there and everything. Um, he looked awesome. Yeah. But uh, and then like the last thing I'll leave you guys with because I'm about to jet and get some stuff done. Okay. Sorry, Travis. Jeez. I know Louise. you love me. Fucking um, not even for the cause, man. Man, just <laughs> how composed and awesome. Like I don't want to blow web, but I'm blowing web. You're blowing like, him. That's for sure. How many mistakes did you really see him make through that whole race? He looked and good. Just being able to just imagine or think of what other line maybe Tomac was running and adapt to that without actually seeing it. Like, that's something mm-hmm. special, man. Like, not a lot of guys can do that. The only guy that, I, that I've ever seen do some stuff like that was 09 with uh, Chad and Stu. I remember Chad being out front and Stu would hit some rhythm section and the next lap, Chad would hit that rhythm section too. Just get, just kind of felt knew what Stu was doing behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what Webb's got going on. And, and it's impressive, man. And that's why at the beginning of the season, Stubb and I uh, both called Webb for a title. Um, he can do that stuff, and I don't believe Kenny can. And he can also play, like I said, that mental game, uh, waving that pit board with the red plate in front of his face like mm-hmm. interviewing him about the the beef on social media and what just putting it out there like i love that shit it fires me up like let's go so um web is uh he's rolling man and uh it's very very similar to what villapoto would do kind of kind of start out slow and then uh come a point in the season he's unstoppable man yep and uh i think we're seeing that Yep, he stays. There off are so the many guys that are right there, right with him, that it's easy to forget that Cooper Webb, at this point in his career since he turned pro, has won four championships. That's that says something there. I don't even know. If, uh, I don't think that uh, anybody else in the field, including maybe even Tomac, has that. No, Tomac's got well, more it, than that. He's got three outdoor titles, a Supercross title, and then at least one light Supercross title. You're right. Yeah, yeah, he's got out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Webb's got – if this happens, he'll have two. Um, he'll have two outdoor. He'll have two indoor. So he's got four on the light spike and one soupy title. All he's missing is an outdoor. 
And I uh, I got a feeling he's going to want that. Yep. So, but, man, he's he's rolling, boys. And uh, that bike looks freaking good. Yeah, yeah, he is. They As soon as they put that spring back on there, went away from that fucking air shock again. He's he's back to rolling it, man. Yeah, he is. So. Yeah, he is. But, no, that that's what I'll leave you boys with. You guys can chew on that a little more. But, uh, yeah, and then uh, you guys can kind of talk about it. But um, I'll leave you guys with a point. But how about that United Nations of a podium in the, the Supercross class or the lights class? <laughs> you know, oh, little, God. A little bit of everything there. Oh God! Oh, that was yeah. like was that the not the most random ass podium you'd ever expect? <sighs> yeah, pretty much. Did, did you guys ever see that coming? Did you see Kyle Peters podiuming? No, no, not a million years. <laughs> you know who I was? Did really you see Zolik Swole getting a second? No, mm -mm. Yeah. not at all. Yeah. So you boys chew no, on that. Really I'm gonna throw some handlebars no. on. Yeah, you get them handlebars on. You going pro taper? Uh, Renthal's with a pro taper bar pad. <laughs> oh my god! What's your uh, what's your bend? Uh, nine nine seven. I think I that's the Honda bend. Guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think nine nine seven's factory Honda, and it's just the bars I've had in my hand ever since I was a kid. So, um, and now working for Tucker, obviously, uh, we're a pro taper company. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm running pro taper sprockets and chains, and I don't, I just can't switch bars, so. Once you have a bar that works for you, don't switch. So it, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like going to the gym and wearing Adidas, like Adidas sweatsuit, and then Nike shoes. Like you just can't do that. So I, I got to put that pro taper pad on. So, but that's what I'm doing, boys. I'll shoot you boys some pictures if it's done. Oh boy, can't I'll wait! I'll be getting graphics on tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. I'm Moto I'm up on the repping. on the show's IG. That way the fans can see. Yeah, Moto Aftermath repping. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. There we go. You're on the bike. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. All right, boys. All right, thanks, Cole. We'll see you later, man. Yep. Tell hey, uh, hype tab up for me, man. Yeah, I tell him that I think he needs to stay on the 450 full time. He rides that thing way better. <laughs> okay i'll do that if we get a hold of him man all right boys yep later cole you getty everybody co-host of the show building the bike so graced us with his presence for 30 minutes all right tom you want to talk about our boy Kenna? we were talking about the podium we were talking about kyle peters you oh, okay. know what the thing that we got we got mentioned before we move on any more than that is that our boy mitchy harrison let half a fucking race he did he did. That was awesome. I hope he That's comes right. on. Uh, Justin said he might come on Sunday's show, so hopefully he does. We'll see how Saturday's race goes. Yep. If it goes okay, I'm sure we'll be able to get him on. But, yeah, that was that was impressive. Dude, there was a point like five minutes in, I'm like, is he really going to win this race? Because he had like a three, three-and-a-half-second lead. Like everyone was just kind of staying there. McAdoo and Cooper were doing their thing, not really making moves. And I'm just like, this can't – like this is going to happen? This is going to be awesome. The tackier the dirt, the better he performs. Never fails. It's in his pedigree. He's the, he was the arena cross 65 and 85 kid forever, and arena cross is always the tackiest, squishy, spongy dirt. He is he's a veteran when you get in the outstanding dirt like we just had at Dallas for both these rounds. Probably the best that we've seen all year, frankly. Hmm. 
yeah, I don't know. That was that was super great. It was it was cool to kind of see some different people up front. Like um like it was cool even though like, you know, whatever we never would have called it. Swole, it was cool to see Swole get a podium. It was cool it was really cool to see Kyle Peters get a podium. That was super cool to see that. So it was what, twenty and oh in Arena Cross? Yeah. Yeah, literally went undefeated in Arena Cross this year. And you want to know the crazy thing? I heard on uh, Pulp MX when they were talking to him is he goes 20 and 0, dominates that Arena Cross series, and doesn't even make 50K. Doesn't do what? Doesn't even make 50K. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, really? You can't make 50K to dominate the pro class in the Arena Cross series? Like, what the hell is the matter with this? The 50K total or 50K purse? No. 50K purse, I can No. 50K total. We should be around that for the fucking for the contingency alone. No, like for example, yeah. no, it's fifty k total. They were asking him. They were like, "Did you make fifty k?" He's like, "Oh no, no, didn't make that." What? Yeah, that's what There's I no said. No way. There's no fucking way he didn't make. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, it's weird because this we're isn't bring on the show. I'm gonna grill him because this isn't Amsoil Arena Cross, but so it's so it's super weird, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That was wild when he said that. I'm like, dude, this guy doesn't even make like, like 50k, and he just like goes out and dominates these pro races. Like, I don't get it. So, whatever. If you're looking at the overall total, I bet that Mr. Moran's is none of my business. I don't mean to, you know, throw this out there too heavily, but I would bet that Kevin Moran for Supercross alone is going to pull 50k from all the sponsors and all the contingency and all the other crap. Probably to make a main is like a significant amount of money. Uh, we can ask him when he comes on, but I think a main for the 450 is like 12 or 1300 bucks for like 20 second place for, for a placement. Yeah. But contingency is different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially for KTM. Uh, KTM isn't actually the highest. Kawasaki is. I don't know. I don't know what KTM's contingency is. I haven't asked Kev and I haven't heard it anywhere else. I've heard that Kawasaki pays like... Kawasaki in the 450 class pays like $800 just to make the night show. Like, not even qualify for the main. Kawasaki pays $800 contingency for the night show in 450. That's why, like, all the privateer 450 guys are on Kawasaki's. So, Kawasaki right now. I would have guessed it would have been more than that, truthfully. Yeah, well, shit ain't what it used to be, man. So. Yeah, I there. Sometimes I remind myself of the game for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, trust me, I know, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I would say, uh, I don't know all of Kev's financials, but sponsoring him, oh, excuse me, I'm burping, at the level I do, and knowing what I pay him per month for sponsorship, it, he probably, yeah, does, he, he does okay, so. You have to pull these 50, because it costs you that just to go to the race. Oh, yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, it pro- it costs, what the fuck was it? I mean, it, dude, it's with the COVID testing now. It's close to like four or five hundred dollars per round just to go race, and that's not counting putting new clutches, new tires, all that kind of crap. That is literally entry fees, COVID tests, pit passes for you and your mechanic, that kind of shit. Hotel room, new motor for Kevin. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a huge bummer. So uh, maybe Whoa. we should try to call him. I told him. I told him maybe around eight, and he didn't respond. So let's uh, let's see if we can get him on here real quick. Hold on a second. Let me we better get some intermission music or cut the cut the tape. I'll just I'll just keep talking. <laughs> Y'all can keep listening to the sultry sound of my voice. 
Uh, let's see here. Let's see if he answers. Calling up pro rider Kevin Morans. Talk to him about hopefully his first 450 main event, his second 450 main event, the blown up motor he's got, pushing his bike across the finish line like a boss. What's going on? Yo, Kevin Morans. <laughs> Welcome to the Moto <laughs> Aftermath awesome? show, bud. Yeah, we're he looks fantastic. Yep, again. we're on with uh, with our uh, semi-normal co-host Tom Cooper, who you met at, uh, uh-huh. at Red Bud there. So, yeah, man, we're calling we're calling to get all the good details. Oh boy, everybody talk oh, and then everybody stop. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, we hear you. All right, what, all right, go on. Sorry, I was putting on speaker so I can hear. That's okay. So tell us, tell us, give us this motor update here because I know we're having motor issues. We saw, we all saw you push that bike across the line last night like a boss. Yeah. Um, yeah. Way to go there, Ryan Hughes. Way to go. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. I've had a bunch of people tell me that. Um, yeah, motor's shot. <laughs> I think you can tell that by uh, the stories that I probably posted today. Sure could. I don't know if you looked at those. But uh, transmission's gone. Cases are cracked. So she's a goner. Ooh. Do we... Uh, What's next? Where are you at now? I'm in Texas still. What's your, uh, what's your status on the, on the motor find? You got, you got a backup coming in? So, How did it look or what? Hopefully a new OEM crate motor will be showing up tomorrow. Sick. Ooh. What is the, what is the cost on a new <laughs> OEM 450 crate motor from KTM? Uh, I'm not at liberty to say, but it is a lot more than I made racing. That's for sure. Did they? At this least... is a very this is an interesting transition right here because we were just talking about this. <laughs> Did they at least cut you some sort of deal uh, because you're basically um... yanking these hole shots in all these races? Again, I am not at liberty to say, <laughs> but uh, mm. could have been worse. Let's put it that way. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, how did you uh, how did you feel that motor going last night? Like, did it just quit after the whoops there? No. So, no. So, what? Which I didn't realize. So, nobody. I'm actually. I was trying to make a post when you called because I was expecting eight, not seven forty-five. My guy. Uh, oh, sorry, man. Dude, I forgot about the time <laughs> difference. It's 8.45 here, and oh, I'm like, fuck, we're late. Oh, no way? Yeah, 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 So, Oh. So, anyway, oh, so, no. right, sorry, good. man. I should have double-checked that when I was texting you earlier. So, But then, I, then no, you didn't text me I back either, can't. and I was like, he's busy as fuck, so he might not even come on tonight, but we'll just try to call. Whatever. Yeah, no. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um, but, no, I lost my rear brake about four or five laps in. So I had zero rear brake. So I was riding without a rear brake, okay. which is very tough on a tight track like that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's when I was, I think I was in, in front of Savachi for a little while before that went. And then when that went, Savachi got around me. I think Stuart got around me and then Bowers got around me because like, I just, I couldn't corner. I was riding in first going into the corners just so that my engine would break for me. Um, and then, so yeah, but then I was riding fine and that was about lap five when that happened and then from a like a lap five to maybe oh i don't know what was it probably 12 or 13 when my motor shelled like i thought my chain was just loose like it was kind of slapping and catching on shit so i was like i was nervous that my chain was gonna fall off right because that's what it sounded like mm-hmm. dude i rode eight laps like that 
hitting everything, doing everything like that, and then going through the loops <laughs> the next lap. Like, I heard it starting getting louder, and it was worse. So I was like, I honestly was at the point where I was like, dude, I think my rear wheel might fall off. Like, I, I was looking back under my bike in the air and stuff, <laughs> and then going through the uh, the whoops, dude, as soon as I hit, like, the fourth loop, as soon as my rear wheel touched the fourth whoop, it damn near just stopped me and almost threw me over the bars because I just heard all this, like, just all the clanking and everything. So, like, yeah, it was not good. <laughs> That's the sketchiest feeling ever going around for a few laps. Being already out of brakes and then having it starting to lock up on you and not knowing what it is is the worst feeling ever. Yeah, it was not fun. Hmm. When you hit when you hit the whoops on your 450 compared to your 250, what gear are you in? Uh, probably third. On your and 250, what are you in? On 250, I'm like I'm trying to get into fourth. Hmm. And honestly, if I can get and just because the 450 can roll like speed so easily at a low RPM. Honestly, fourth is amazing in the loops on a 450. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Have the have Just those... a little bit of because it's still got the it's still got the nut to get up and go in fourth, right? Like when you're in fourth on a 250, you're clutching the piss out of it just to try to get it to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. buddy. Have those have those whoops yeah. in Texas been big or have they been pretty normal size? No, they haven't been too bad. Like this last weekend was definitely the toughest. Like okay. or fuck, I guess this was yesterday. Sorry. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, there's been a lot that's happened since yesterday, so it feels like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I bet when I when I saw you like I could see on the broadcast because they were following someone and I saw you standing off the side of the track right after the whoops like looking at your bike and I was like, "Oh, buddy." And then, like, they showed you after the race, like, pushing the bike across the line. And I was like, uh-oh, this is this is definitely not good. And then I started watching the stories, and you're like, yep, so the motor is uh, looks like it might be shot. And I'm like, oh, God. Oh, man. So. Yeah. I mean, Cole reposted it. We were trying to find you a motor, too. But, uh, yeah, nah, apparently that didn't work. So, <laughs> great motor it is. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, all right, let's let's go back. When you're to, pulling holies oh. every week, they got to be getting you a motor so you can keep them going. That's for sure. Dude, dude I was like, you just give me Mars motor, please. Oh, dude, <laughs> I mean, they might as well. He's hurt anyway. Like, fuck it. Just he. I mean, dude. I I I asked several people if I could just use a motor, and they I got denied. <laughs> well, see there. That's uh, that's bullshit because it's like, dude, you. It, there have been, there's been lots of talk and not just with us, but I mean, lots of talk through lots of podcasts I've been hearing over the last two weeks here of like your starts on that 450. They're like, dude, Moran's is out there on a stock KTM 450, literally smoking these factory 450 bikes into the first corner. Like it, there, I mean, yep. th- Lots of people. This is not just a us talking thing. This is every damn podcast I listen to. They basically talk about your starts on this 450. Someone was comparing it to like somebody showing up in a in a Studebaker against the Formula One cars and just smoking them into the first quarter. Yeah. And they're like, it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, dude, you look at the picture from the other night's heat race or last night's heat race as you're coming into the first corner next to Webb. And at first, I didn't even oh, know. Dude, it was I would have had that whole. I would. I would have had that whole shot if I didn't slide. I slid a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I called <laughs> you for the whole shot in the main event, and then that start did not go well. And I was like, I'm not doing that again. No, it did not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you weren't terrible. You were what? Probably top ten coming out of that first corner because I could see you in yeah, the shot. Like so, but yeah, yeah that was definitely was, my worst start of the night. 
Hey, that's all right, man. Not, not everyone can be I mean, perfect. Worst start of the night being a top ten start is not too shabby. No, especially not in the 450 main. So let's go back to uh, Saturday night's race. Um, let's talk about that LCQ and making it into uh, into your first main there. Let's let's walk us through that. What you're feeling as you're like, I think you were behind Cade most of that time. And then, yeah, he was, like, and I was feeling good too, dude. Cause, like, in the heat race, I just pretty much got shit on, if I'm being honest. And yep. I'm like, oh boy, well, this is going to be tough. But, like, my mindset always changes in the LTQ because I know I'm pretty much going to be in the top at the start. Let's put it that way. So, as soon as I went out there and I was just riding good, like, dude, I was being aggressive. I was, like, actually, like, gaining on K and I was trying to find a way around him, which I just ended up not being able to. But, uh, uh, but yeah, like I was, he didn't gap me really. He gapped me a little bit, like I think like laps three through five, and then I came right back up onto him. Um, so now, dude, like and like so during that, I'm thinking I'm like, all right, like I can see the top four, us four are pretty much gone. I was like, all right, so like even if I get passed by a couple people, we're still in. And then like it didn't become a reality until like when I knew I had like two laps left. I'm like, holy shit, dude! Like I'm about to make my first ever 450 main my second time trying on a 450 period. I was like, holy crap. So I was like, all right, Kevin, don't, don't mess this up. Come on, come on. So uh, then when the last lap came around, I was trying to find a way around Cade. And then all of a sudden, then uh, uh, homeboy, what's his name? Uh, Scott Champion. Yeah, Champion. Uh, when he came into me, I'm like, oh, boy, don't take me down. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and I knew that, uh, you know, the boys were right behind me. So, I was like, I was freaking out. And then when I went over that quad and I saw that uh, champion was going to take him high, I'm like, oh, perfect, cutting down right here. Yep. Thank God nobody came up inside of me. Uh, so, I cut mm-hmm. down, and I knew I was in second. I was like, if you lose this on the last corner, Kevin, I am never going to live this down. And, uh, yeah, when I crossed <laughs> that finish line, your boy was dope. Oh, yeah. Dude, we were, we were all jumping up and down probably. For, I mean, I know I was. I was standing in there that last lap going, oh, God, oh, God. And I have to say, if Tickle doesn't go down, I think that last corner is super interesting because Tickle, I think, was coming to Kamikaze I I, I everybody. Think I, still, <laughs> I, think, I think I still would have made it. I was too far in front of him, and I was too far inside already. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely the, the other two were not going to be happy. No, no. he Because he was down. Like, I'm watching that going, oh, God, oh, God. He, like... The angle he was going, he was going directly to the inside of the corner. And I think you are right. I think you were, because you did the smart thing and went to the inside of that corner and just rolled the finish line. I was like, whatever, I don't care, I'm in. Uh, but, yeah, but there was going to be some carnage there. But then, of course, he KO'd himself, so whatever. But um, And uh, the as far as, like, Cade bunching you guys up or whatever there on the towards the end of that race, I heard he had a flat tire. So I don't know if you heard that. but he Yeah, had yeah, yeah. Flat that's front. What I was, so, that's what I heard, too. Yeah, so... Because uh, I was like, man, like, because at first you guys were like pretty similar pace, and I was like, all right, this is cool. Like, if Kev rides with him, like, Cade's making the main, so he should be able to do it too. And then all of a sudden, like, it was like Cade started slowing down, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, what is he doing? And then I'm like, Kev's got way more pace. Like, go, Kev, go, just get, just get around him, just, <laughs> just make it happen. So yeah, but dude, that was awesome. And then last night again, super awesome. I mean, you get the whole shot in the LCQ, and you're just like leading away and i'm like oh that's great so yeah no it's it's been badass dude i mean we're gonna have to start calling you a 450 main event guy i guess yeah now we do it what does it feel like the <laughs> <Sarandon> <laughs> from what 
what's this gear like? So from our perspective, like for, for Travis and I, we kind of familiar with you, right? But even from fans at home, they're just watching and seeing the 8.5 out front now. And like maybe, uh, you know, you've been pro for a bit now, but you haven't been pro for that long. So if you're a fairly new guy and to be in your second race and your third race and making mains and, and really lighting up, what's it feel like? You're at a, you're at a real uh, landmark moment in your life right now. What, we kind of want to know what, what the insight's like. What does it feel like <laughs> to be in your shoes right now? Uh, I don't really know how to answer that besides uh, it's badass, straight up. Like the first main event I made, I came in, got another great start, and obviously trickled back pretty quick. But that was just because I was like, dude, I was racing. I knew I had, like, Tomac and Barsha and all those dudes behind me. I was like, <laughs> I didn't know what to think. You know what I mean? Like, those are the guys I've been watching on TV for the last 10 years. Like, this is my technically sophomore full, like, my full season. So, second full season. And mm-hmm. uh, to be up there i didn't know how i was going to perform obviously i didn't i mean now i know i belong there but like that first main i was pretty timid and so like when i knew i had barsha behind me i was like well i'm not trying to die you know what i mean so so like i let people pass me too easily on that first 450 main and i was pretty shocked that i didn't get roughed up more like i was like well damn dude maybe i kind of belong up here because like i was riding with some of them and like, Malcolm went down, and he uh, was coming back, but, like, it took him every bit of four or five laps to kind of fully get around me. So, like, that was pretty cool. And then, uh, you know, so that that feeling was just, like, I was I was probably the youngest one on that line, I'm assuming. And so, like, it was, I don't know, it was cool. So then this, this weekend, uh, or I guess, shit, I guess yesterday, um, I just, I felt at home. Like, I know I'm good on the 450. I feel, uh, you know, solid. I feel smooth. Like, the starts are there. So, like, when I got, even that ninth place start, like, dude, I held top 12, top 15 for just about 10 minutes. So, like, that was mm-hmm. even bike issues. So, you know, I'm I'm there. Like, I know I can. You belong. So, exactly. So, like, I, <laughs> I mean, it's so cool for me because, like, I like, uh, like passing people like that like there was one time i don't know who it was it was one of the star guys i think it was malcolm but like he passed me right uh before the finish line and he went inside and i went outside on the, right after the finish line and i like got a good drive he kind of slid and i ran it up in him on the next corner and, like before i was going through the words so i'm like holy shit that was so cool <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that a what boy. a special yeah. time in your life right now yeah <laughs> So not only do you belong by your results, but now you're going to belong even more because I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but you're going to be in the A practice from pretty much from here out, and that's a that's a huge difference when you start the day off. Wait, how do you how am I everything? Yeah, I had a question about that too. How am I going to be in A practice? Like, why aren't you in A practice? You should have been in A practice because oh, A that, practice they, is they, they do they do it by points, not by main event. Oh, I thought they did yeah, it by so main event. Both. I don't think so. No. Hmm. Yeah, because I was I was confused on that too. If they did too. it by main event, I would have been I would have been in a class, a practice this past weekend, and I wasn't. Yeah. Or shit, yesterday, and I wasn't. Yeah, that was that was what was confusing me because I thought they I thought they did it all by like main event. Like if you were in the main event, then you got to ride a practice. But if they, I guess if they do it by points, then yeah, that's that's not a thing. But huh? 
Well, that's interesting. You're gonna have to get the word out to Mister uh, Mister AMA himself. I'm gonna, this, I, uh, I, this I'm, just, I'm gonna look that belong, rule up. Frankly, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let dude. The best thing you can do right now is just keep yanking these starts like you've been doing, and just run up front because all it is doing is building confidence in you. And I, I mean, it's awesome. You could yeah. definitely, you could definitely see the difference between Saturday and Tuesday. Like you said, Saturday. Another great start, which you have the confidence in yourself in the starts, which is awesome because that's three quarters of the battle is the start, basically start cross. And then Saturday, really? yes, yeah. we all we all watched it. It things started happening really fast for you there, <laughs> which whatever, yeah. dude. First four fifty main, I'm not gonna say shit because I couldn't imagine being on that fucking line. I'd be shaking like pissing myself the whole nine yards. And then Tuesday yeah, night, dude, you make it cool. another good, another decent start. And yeah, like you said, you ran up there in the top 10, top 12 for the first half of the race until your bike grenaded. So definitely uh, yeah. more comfortability. And then, I mean, once you go from there back to your 250, when we get back to Salt Lake or whatever it is, I mean, then you're just going to have this confidence like, bro, I just rode with the guys that are way faster than all you punks. So I think it works out great. Yeah, being used to a 450, when you go down, it's awesome. What'd you say? When you ride a 450, especially when you're racing in the main, when you go back to your 250, the bike feels so slow. It's like riding the BMX bike again. So I can only imagine oh, that I know. pretty I'm cool, I'm going to manhandle the crap out of that thing, but hopefully I don't <laughs> try to go for anything too big, expecting that power to be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would be awesome. So so, uh, so, what's it like in Texas, man? Because I know you're there for 10 days. Or yeah, this is a real huge, unusual time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is like – it's nice just being in one area for so long. Like you can actually relax. Like, could you imagine if I just raced here, uh, say like yesterday was Saturday and my bike does this. And then we all have to travel to freaking California or whatever. And I'm trying to figure out my bike mm -hmm. situation and all that stuff there. Like it's, it would be stressful. That's a good point. Yep. Yep. I mean, as if it's not stressful enough, only having five days or whatever. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> so, is there, so is, what's it like to Texas for for when for when people wa listen to this show down the road? Because I like going back on old podcasts personally. When they w listen to this down the road, where we are right now is Texas is one of the states that's opened back up. They might not have a hundred percent fans in the stand, but for the most part, everything else with the lockdown is opened up, right? So, what's it like being at the races now? Are there fans? asking you for your autograph and stuff or is it still pretty um, quiet yeah, yeah, I've done autographs and whatnot but like honestly the pits are pretty dead which is kind of weird um but at the same time they're not only they're not so much dead like they're busy but we just kind of try to stay away from because the ama is like so anal about all the math stuff like if they catch a photo of you talking to a fan without a mask on like you get in trouble so it's like well dude like, oh, you don't man. even want to be out talking to them or else you're just going to get yelled at Hmm. Not to mention if you drove the whole way to Dallas and get an engine, and then you fail a stupid test. Yeah, no joke. That's that's. Can you it. imagine if the title hunt in one of these classes comes down, and then like one of the main contenders in the title hunt has the same No, not a it chance. Wouldn't that be crazy? Not a chance. You want, you want my honest opinion? Uh, I don't yep. know if I can say it just because it's gonna stir things up. Bro, nobody <laughs> listens to this show. Let's hear it, dude. I mean, even if I if I test positive, I test positive, and I deserve it. But I don't know how real those tests are, dude. 
Hundred percent. Welcome yep. to the United States. We're getting lied to. <laughs> oh, man. When when my grandkids go back and listen to this in thirty years, they're gonna say, "Oh, Grandpa was right. He knew this was a bunch of bullshit." We just got we just got kicked off YouTube, so that's awesome. Oh, <laughs> we didn't say anything about the P word. We're good. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I used that earlier. Anyway, um, dude, that's super interesting <laughs> that you say the AMA is being real anal about the mask thing, though, because I watch like Catanzaro's vlogs, and he fucking is talking to fans and stuff with his mask pulled down all the time like every single vlog he's in there with his mask pulled down around his chin and shit so that's well, he's all. not getting the whole shot in Maine. well that's true too <laughs> i guess if you're just out there riding yeah i mean i guess that's a different story <laughs> so um all right tom you got anything else for kev here I don't know. Yes, hundred percent. So when we came to the when we came to Dallas, it was probably the best, in my opinion, watching on TV that we've had all year. And then the second Dallas round was a lot better, flowy from what we could tell from the TV. Tell us about the track. How, what's this Dallas one like? Because it seems like it's sick. So are you saying? Are you saying? Well, you're asking about dirt or the track? Both. So the dirt and the track. So the dirt being good, you could flow. It's not some slippery ass corners eating people up. Although it's probably some slippery yeah, corners. Yeah, it's pretty good. Tell us about the track. It's got it's got a hard base. So like, yeah, the dirt's good. But if you if there's like a main line, like for instance, like you guys probably saw it before the finish line. Like it's always super slippery coming out of that corner, and everybody's going like on the little bit of the straightaways that you're on the gas. It gets shiny real quick. So it's it's good coming into the corners and coming out. Not really. Um, as far as the track, round one I thought was pretty good. It flowed, but it was real easy. So, like, everybody's doing the same stuff pretty much. Round two um, had a little bit more options, which was nice, a little bit more technical, but I thought the little zigzag back and forth kind of whatever the heck they had going on was kind of dumb. Uh, Chicane. But, yeah, I didn't really – I wasn't a big fan, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't see any great racing going on in those corners, but I could be wrong. Well, everybody seemed like they were taking the inside in the second one, so the left-hander of it. But the outside was so much faster from our point of view. Uh, like going outside and doubling off? Yeah. Yo, 100% it was. But the thing is, like, the ruts got so char- like chewed up and gnarly and would throw you off. Oh, and you got to double out in there. Oof. Yeah. Hmm. Not- right now, we're just with- with the season we're having, the quarantine bullshit, everything else going on, you're at the residency. You've had a couple residencies so far in this in this season. Where are you staying for for this residency? Um, what do you mean? What? Well, like, <laughs> so when you go to a town, when you go to a residency, you kind of live there for a week and a half or so. Where are you staying? What's life like right now? Oh, <laughs> bro, just <laughs> residency, just say city, <laughs> or like, where are you staying? <laughs> residency is when they do like the three rounds in one week or whatever. Yeah, that, that's our term. Where, that's the term that the, uh, that I guess the Lee has coined here is residency. We're doing residencies. We're a resident of Dallas. Right, so like the Dallas three rounds kind of thing, right? So you count, you're so calling when, when that a residency. No, Daytona wasn't a residence because we only did calling. one round. That was just a normal round. The residencies are what they're calling like the three round things. Oh, okay. So no, I love it, dude. I'm all about it. Like honestly, like right now I'd be chilling today. Probably, you know, there's a little ride day that I'm supposed to go to to tomorrow. Um, but uh no, I love it. But the biggest thing now is I have a motor I have to worry about, so your boy's stressed. 
Are you ho- are you hotel life in it here in Dallas too, or? No, I actually got lucky because the uh, Chris Vigal, the one that takes me to the line. Yeah, uh, he lives like twenty minutes from the stadium. Oh, so that's right. Dude. Yeah, that's killer. So, so this round is actually yeah. was actually saving you money until your motor blew up. <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Well, that's classic. But oh, hey. so before. Oh, go ahead. I got one more question for you, Kev. Before you came on the call, I think the reason that we actually called you to begin with, we were previously talking about how, uh, like, person contingency money, and uh, those guys were saying that Kyle Peters allegedly doesn't make fifty thousand to take to go twenty and zero in arena cross. And I was thinking, besides besides your purse money contingency, probably at least that much. So that's when we got an okay. Well, what's what's the supercross contingency? Like, for example, oh, when you get a whole year, or you go. Hundred and twenty percent. He made more money in uh, arena cross than he will ever make in supercross. Probably. What What's KT? So what's what? your contingency in purse? Like for your first four fifties here, you 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 got a couple of holies and you got uh, some main event. Not only entries but also finishes. What What's contingency like nowadays? Four hundred bucks. That's all KTM pays for the main. Yep. Yep. Four, huh. You don't make any money unless you make the main. Interesting. Um, and then what is what is the AMA payout like for say for say just making like top twenty there in the main? What is, what is the four fifty payout like? Because we know the two fifties don't pay I wanna shit. Say, I want to say somewhere around like two. Okay. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So it's like it's obviously better than the two fifties. Like if you get seventh in a two fifty main, you get not even hardly one. Yeah. Well, that's that's way better than I thought. I thought that the AMA payout for the 450 was only like twelve or thirteen hundred bucks to make the main. So that's way better if you're if you're getting like nineteenth or twentieth place and still making a couple thousand for the 450 main. That's that's at least somewhat doable in my mind. So yeah, absolutely. At least if nothing Especially goes super Especially when you got three sideways. rounds in one week in the same city. There you go, Kevin. What do you say? Yeah, exactly. Especially when you got three rounds in one city in a row, you can make you can make a quick ten grand making some names here in in one week. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice if you have a bike that runs. <laughs> <laughs> he he was going to make ten grand, then he had to buy a motor, and here we are. <laughs> yeah. So, well, all right, man. I appreciate you coming on, taking some time, because like I said, I know you're busy with uh, doing your motor replacements. So, where's the uh, where's the ride day you're going to tomorrow? Like, are you doing some coaching, or are you just going to are you going to ride or what's what's no, the deal with that? Like a, it's like it's it's like an industry ride day thing. So like I don't know. I'm just going out there to kind of be a part of it all. But oh, I don't okay. really understand. I don't know what it's all about. To be honest, <laughs> where's it at? What track's it at? I don't even know. Okay, great, cool. Well, this is super. <laughs> yeah, I'm just along for the ride. Uh, I'm going with the guys that are from here. Oh, okay, okay, cool, man. Well, awesome. Well, like I said, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate the uh, we appreciate the insight. Good luck with uh, getting your motor and getting it back in the bike here, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk to you on Saturday here, if not before. So that was great insight. I really like that you can come on and and tell us what it's really about to be in your shoes right now, because there are very few people on the planet that even do what you do, let alone people that are in the spot you're in. So it's cool to hear about that. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Oh wait, I got one more. I got one more question about your motor. So, are they shipping it like yeah. to the KTM truck, and you got to go there and pick it up, or are they shipping it like to? No, they're shipping it. They're shipping it to me. Oh okay, okay. 
Sweet. I just was like, I was like, man, are they shipping it to KTM? Then you got to go track somebody down and be like, hey, can I have my motor? <laughs> oh, it'd be terrible. Yeah, no, they're shipping it to me. Okay. All right. Hey, don't ever be shy about, especially when you're making noise like this, don't ever be shy about bugging those guys to help you continue to succeed because you're every time you come up there and say, hey, I just killed it. I beat some of your guys or I was up there with them, but I need help. They're, they're looking at you like, okay, well, he needs help maybe next year. He would be a good, good guy to be in spring on, right? So, like that, don't be shy yeah. about that stuff. Everybody no. around here is a fan of you, and that's what we want to see that grow. I appreciate that. Yeah, just find Roger, walk up to him, be like, bro, I need some fucking parts right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. I mean, bro, you didn't nose pick like Marv and knock yourself into oblivion. You're out there at least finishing the fucking race. So, yeah, this should be, this should be a thing. <laughs> KTM should have just given yeah. you the damn motor. I'm gonna write them an email. Yeah. <laughs> strongly, strongly worded email. That easy, but I, won't be long, I don't think. Riding like this, yeah. Up, yeah, somebody will catch uh, on. Yeah, I appreciate it. So, all right, man, take it easy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Later, bud. All right, Kevin uh, Moran's everybody on the Moto Aftermath show here. Great insight, huh, Tom? That was awesome. I really uh, like, even if. You're a fan listening to you right now, and you're you're not really that familiar or any of that stuff. Well, now guess what? You are because you you got a pretty good idea of what like going through his shoes right now, putting his boots on and making mains. And he's only what three rounds in, four rounds in, whatever the hell it is on four fifty. The first round he didn't even have a four fifty; he did it on two fifty. So to hear the things that he's going through, there are very few people on the planet that live that life. So it's it's really cool to hear about that stuff. Yep. I think that, quite frankly, with a new motor and all that confidence he's wearing, uh, this next uh, race here in Dallas might be pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, uh, dude, I'm waiting. I, like, I texted you the other night and said he's going to whole shot the main, which obviously he didn't, so I won't text anybody and say that from now on. But, <laughs> dude, I think it's only... I knew when you said that in the show earlier, I knew that's what you're talking about. I was dying. Yeah, so... But I think it's only a matter of time. I mean, you got to look at, dude, in that heat race, I mean, you li- there literally was a picture today that I saw of him, and it's like him and Webb right next to each other in that first corner of that heat race. And it's like, dude, this guy yeah, cool. is just yanking stars. And like I said, it, it works in his favor because, number one, like he said, the first race, he gets that good start. He's like third. And then, as I said, things started happening really quick for him. And you could tell, like, he just wasn't used to being there. And then you get to the second race, and all of a sudden he starts ninth, tenth, and he, like, stays right there in a field that's, you know, 17 riders deep with, like, factory dudes and, like, factory-assisted dudes. And he's on a privateer, all bone stock KTM, but he feels like he belongs there. And so I think you're going to see uh, over these next few rounds, A, still some good starts from him, and B, you're going to see him not necessarily – things aren't going to happen as fast for him when he starts up front going forward here. So, Yeah, I think that when – so I've only been watching him really since uh, since I was in that uh, – maybe it was a little bit before Red Bud last year, but right, like right around when I was on the show with, with you guys or when I was there at Red Bud when you are filming or whatever – that's really when I started paying attention to the guy. And boy, I don't know. I think that he's, I've seen when he rides where he's maybe seems a little less nervous, but he doesn't look nervous out there to me. Like when things with things, as you say, happen in a, in a hurry, I don't think he looks like when he's nervous looking, he looks tight and his head moves around on the bike a bunch. But when he's calm, like you watch him go through the whoops, his head doesn't move. He, he looks, he's going through those corners and he's real 
smooth looking. So I don't, I think that it's, uh, he's here to stay. And I think it's fun to watch. Yeah. He's, he's definitely, he's definitely got the ability on the bike, I think, to, uh, to run up front. And I mean, the one thing we got to remember, he's doing all this. He rode five days of Supercross before the season started. Five days. And I know there's been injuries and stuff as far as the as far as the two fifty East Coast goes, but he's still been great starter, consistent top ten guy there in the in the two fifty East class. And now like I said, he's he's in the four fifties. He's done three or four four total four fifty races, only three of them actually on a four fifty, and he is basically whole shotting heat races, whole shotting LCQs, qualified for two out of the four mains. I mean and one of and one of the mains was Daytona, which Daytona is just a weird race anyway. So whatever. So the other one he didn't have a four fifty yet. Yeah. That. Yeah. So you know, okay, whatever. I mean, yeah, I think I think there's definitely a future for him. I'm excited that we have uh, we have made friends with him here and get to follow along on this adventure with him because um, it's definitely cool to see and one one of the nicest guys you can talk to at this point. So. Yeah, and, it, and another thing about why it's fun to watch is because if you ask him, if you were to interview him about this stuff six months from now, the interview, the Kevin we would be interviewing then is already kind of seasoned at being here. Right now, we're talking to him the day after he happened. Yep. So like we're we're hearing that stage of his career live. Like that's a that's a real cool thing, right? So if you were to if you were to interview a you like know, Max for example, but someone that's further along with their career and asking this stuff, yeah, yeah, it's just like it's just been going through the motions almost. Right now, Kevin is literally discovering all the shit he's going through in, in his life right now, and that's that's the that's the good stuff right there. Uh huh. Oh man, he was so pumped when he when he qualified for that main the other night. He t- I think he actually texted me between the LCQ and the main, and was like, "Yeah, oh. boy, made the main." And I was like, "Dude, I know." I like like I said, I don't know about you, but watching that, I was standing up, jumping up and down. Like, come on, buddy. You can do it, yeah. man. You can do it. Heart rate was no high. <laughs> Feel the heart. I didn't have my heart rate monitor on, but heart rate was high watching it. So it was cool. It's definitely were you cool. in? Were you in Florida at the time? Yes. Yes. Okay. So for our listeners at home or wherever you are, the last few, like the last week or whatever, our host here was in Daffy Duck World down in Florida. So that was a little bit different. He wasn't there. When, right, he came down there right after Daytona happened. So I missed that part. But being on the road in Florida, of all places, where it's also the land of the free, not like here in Michigan, yep. what was it like watching the race down there? Did you just go to a bar and watch it? Or were you in the hotel with the No, I got I, wa- I watched it in the hotel on my iPad, man. And honestly, I'm not a good one to ask because being in Daffy Duck Land, you're in a bubble. And in that bubble, it is uh, full-blown uh, mask, full-blown temp checks. I mean, whole nine yards. Like, like, basically, you step out of that hotel room, and they're pretty much wanting you to have a mask on type deal. So I don't really know what actual Florida was like because we never left property while we were there. Um, so yeah, so it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a bummer. I mean, I, I enjoy that place enough that it was like, I got through it, but I'm here to tell you, man, I, having not had to be in the whole mask situation, I know this is a moto podcast, so this is, this is great, but having, this is a lifestyle. Yeah. Motocross is a lifestyle, homeboy. Yeah. Well, having, being self-employed, working out of a shop at my house, and basically not having to wear a mask other than like when I don't want to have to argue with people at the grocery store. Um, and then, and even then not having to wear 
it properly, we'll call it, over my nose and my mouth and everything, um, going for a week where I have to wear it all the time over both, like, I don't know how people do it. I really, really don't. It is, it is insane. And, like, down there, like, the first couple of days it wasn't hot. The last few days we were there, I mean, it was mid to upper 80s. And it, dude, it was just I, like I, I don't know how people do it. I cannot imagine. I felt like I was. Brad, you even wear you don't wear a shield. Instead. Well, you can't down there. You have to wear a mask. Has to cover your nose and your mouth. Yada yada yada. Can't be fucking mesh. Can't be can't be vented. Like none of that crap, man. Like you, it has to be these stupid cloth face masks that, like I said, cover your nose and mouth. Now, granted. I had some decent ones from uh, from our friends over at the Dirt Bike Depot, which is made of the, uh, uh, what's it called? The, like, athletic fabric. Twin so, air air filters. Yeah, so it wicks the moisture better. Um, so that was helpful. But when it was that hot and I'm walking around and mouth breathing and all that crap like that, it still sucks. So I, I have never been so happy to come home. And, uh, like, today they were riding down at the track down the street. Um, all the kids were... So we went down there for a little while, and I mean, dude, it is just so nice to be at, like, I can't wait for the weather to get nicer and the tracks to open up, because I can't wait to be at the moto track where I don't have to wear a fucking mask, and I can walk around and feel some sense of normalcy and just enjoy breathing fresh air, we'll call it. So, yeah. For our listeners at home, where we're at right now is half of the states are are totally, you know, quote-unquote totally free, and the other half like our wonderful blue Michigan uh, are very, uh, very much doing whatever they can to, to remain locked down as long as they can. Yep. So this particular point we're at right now is a real strange one in regard to that stuff. So first, because I know a lot of people that listen to podcasts, the cool thing is going back and listening to previous ones. And that's where we're at right now. That's what makes it like when we were talking to Kevin about that, some yeah. of the states they go to are totally different rules. So you could be on the, on the, you know, on the circuit, you could be in the circus right now doing the race circuit. Yep. And the one day you're in Louisiana, it's free, and the next morning you're in a different state, and it's totally different. It's pretty strange. I mean, it's because the whole thing's so strange, though. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, like, I was watching AJ, the Cats vlog um, from, from Arlington, or Dallas one, whatever you want to call it, uh, today, and he <laughs> was saying that, like, in the pits there, he's like, you know, we are seeing lots of people here without masks because obviously texas doesn't have the mask mandate anymore right now um he's he's like i forgot about that when we were talking to kevin yeah he's like so well that's why i thought you were going with it but anyway um but uh yeah but he's like so he's like there's still a lot of people wearing masks but he's like not everyone's wearing masks and it's kind of nice to get some sort of normalcy slowly coming back here so um yeah yeah so that so it's interesting I would I would love to be in Texas right now and see what that was like cuz I mean like I said I never having not gone off property in Florida I don't really know because in that bubble like I said they're very they're very hard on the only the only time I didn't have to wear a mask this is this is the crazy stuff and I we'll get off the mask talk here in just a few minutes and go back to some moto stuff to finish this <laughs> off but the only time you didn't I didn't have to wear a mask was they have this very nice running path or walking path around the lake they have between the hotel I was in and the other one um so when I would go out running in the morning I didn't have to wear a mask for that no one ever said anything to me, which was good because I probably would have punched him in the fucking face. Um, and then, uh, and then, if you went to the pool, so if you went to the pool, they wanted you to wear one to walk to the pool. But then once you got to the pool, you could take it off. 
And so, like, we didn't know the first couple days, so we just walked down there, you know, no mask, whatever. And then, like, the second day, there was someone standing at the door, and they're like, oh, yeah, uh, we, you know, you guys are okay, but we really wish you would wear them um, down here or whatever. And we're like, oh, yeah, okay, pro- okay, whatever. Like, don't worry. This is a COVID-free zone when you get in the pool area. But if you're outside the pool area... It's not yeah. a ball of logic, right? Uh-huh, yeah, that that's the thing. It's like... Uh, there is no logic to it. We all know this, and probably most of our listeners know this, and they're probably all writing up their uh, their comments right now of like, get back to the moto stuff, you idiots. This isn't a political podcast. So. No, I bet most of the people who listen to our show here are red-filled already, and I'm not talking about red as in Republican. I'm talking about <laughs> red as in the awakening is here. The yep. great awakening. Folks. So, but, uh, all right, so getting back to the moto stuff, though, Um mm-hmm. Dude, I mean, Ket, how? I got one thing to talk about this before we get to motorcycles itself. Yeah, the broadcast team that is uh, Todd Harris and Ricky Carmichael and um, the one two five Daniel Blair yep. blows the doors off of the other crew, the, the Brisk and everybody else. Yeah, no disrespect, and you know, I just happen to think that it was a lot better broadcast last night. Yeah, I will say that I I do like Todd Harris much more than than Lee Diffie. That that definitely like Lee Diffie's not bad, but I'm I'm definitely more of a Todd Harris guy. He definitely pumps it up more. Now it was interesting. I don't know how closely you listened to the broadcast last night, but there were definitely a couple times that you could tell Todd doesn't do it all the time with Ricky because Todd would jump in and say something and then be like, "Oh, sorry, Rick," and then like you know whatever. And you could tell it was like, well, yeah. they just don't have that symmetry like Lee and, and Ricky do or like uh, Jeff and Ricky did because, you know, working together all the time. What do you think uh, a big topic, I guess, right now in the industry, too, is this uh, what was his name? Rut- Rutledge Wood or whatever. That kind of goofy looking dude that's doing like some on the floor stuff. What do you think a- about what do you think about him? I'm very glad you asked because I have a little bit of experience with this young man. I don't think he's very young, but. Okay. So I, I'm not a NASCAR guy. I was when I was a little kid, but he's a NASCAR guy. That's why they're incorporating him and all this stuff to kind of bring some yep. of the NASCAR player over here. He's fine, whatever. Fine, okay, fine. We all get it. But the thing is, is that uh, so I was building. And most of the fans don't know. I, I, I have a shop in the other side of the state from Travis, and I was building there. I was trying to get a uh, a Grumman 1950s aluminum van looks like a bomber right and i was trying to get one i found this guy not having watched NASCAR. i found him because he also had built some of these vans so i reached out to him and actually messaged him and, and tried to meet him in uh in detroit here when he was here before uh rona hit asked him some questions and he wasn't even nice about it he was kind of a jerk i was like okay that's fine and then when i watch him on the broadcast and he's like uh acting the part of someone that knows nothing about motocross and he's doing a pretty damn good job about it. I'm just like, okay, next, see you later. Bring back, <laughs> bring back Daniel Blair. Oh man, that's funny that he was an asshole offline because I, I mean, I was gonna say like, I everybody's like up in arms about he's it. He's nice. He seems like a nice guy, but he just uh, totally blew me off. And even when I was in person, I'm like, man, I wasn't really how how you you imagine he's gonna be especially because most people that aren't racers themselves aren't too rap sorry right he's, he's never raced anything in his life he's just a, he's a microphone holder yeah exactly so, uh, he should be a lot cooler than that yeah i i mean i feel like his pieces are pretty good like not pretty good but they're like okay like at least he's doing interesting stuff like the other night when he was talking about the pit board and then holding the pit board like all right you know like that's all right or then when he was like yes flat, but, I, but still i hate i don't mean to be a hater <laughs> but don't dumb it down anything that you do like that don't fucking dumb it down because our fans aren't dumb even if they've never seen us before 
teach them as if you are the pro, not like as if, hey, I'm dumber than you are. Tell me what I need to know. That's not how how I like to go about it. Well, I mean, so I'm very happy to see Daniel Blair, who explains from an experienced side, yes. hey, look at this line, here's what happens, why they do that that way. And that's so much better for the broadcast. Yes. And I look at that, they did that, the Lee Diffie and Rutledge broadcast on Saturday for the, the primetime viewers, and then they bring the, the better crew uh, in for a Tuesday broadcast. I'm like, okay, well, what, that means that they planned for this, right? So it makes you want it. it makes you think. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I don't think we're ever going to get the the respect we should get from the TV networks. I mean, we're just not big enough at this point, nor do I think I I think it'll be years. And you, I mean, you and I are going to be old men before there's even a chance in hell. I thought it was Feld thing, though. I no. didn't see that as an AMA or, no, or no, 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 no. My my understanding from what I'm hearing through other podcasts, which everyone knows the other podcasts I listen to, is that this kind of stuff is what comes directly down from NBC. Like having Rutledge on there, that that is a direct NBC thing. So yes. But I agree with you too of like the dumbing it down kinda is counterintuitive because I mean, let's face it, if I go and watch football they don't dumb football talk down for me, even though it's like I may not know exactly what the fuck you're talking about because I'm like, I know sports, but I'm not that great with sports. I know enough about sports because I was That's into right, them when I was a kid, you know, but it's like, it, you know, you they don't they don't dumb down football. They don't dumb down hockey. They They talk as an expert, as a pro, like you said, in a professional way. So it does, yeah, it does kind of... It is kind of stupid of like, well, you dumb this down. Now, granted, I think there is a little bit because, for example, like the pit board thing, okay? So most major motorsports now... like, good job with some smiley faces and shit. Fuck you. If, you if, somebody, if you're riding by and some clown puts a smiley face on your pit board, even if he's a girlfriend, but it wasn't, if it was just some clown putting good job on there, yeah, that's not what the fucking fans at home need to see because that's not what you write on the pit board. Yeah. But, when I watched that, I couldn't believe it because like, you, you can't... You, if you want to show the, the fans at home what's happening, show them what's actually happening. Yep, they needed they needed to get more technical with it about like kind of like Daniel Blair did in the main, where he was talking about what goes on the pit boards for the different people. Like I yeah. I, I like the piece that they did with Rutledge about the pit boards because, like I said, if you're say it, you're a new fan or you're someone who's just casual about it, most major motorsports at this point they have in helmet communication, so. Yeah. Being with the technology we have for 2021, you would probably assume, well, these guys have in-helmet communication. You wouldn't assume that, oh, hey, we still have 1970s whiteboard fucking status as far as, like, how we communicate with the riders, you know? So, I mean, I think it's good let's that they... Let's bring this up. What's up? Let, let's revisit this, uh, this um, helmet mic, whatever you want to call that. Let's revisit that with the guests next week because our left is next race uh, this weekend. Okay, because it's it's a real hot topic for our sport and as a whole right now, let alone for for TV and broadcast. It's a real hot topic, and I'd like to hear what Mr. Moran and some of the other guys have to say that are that are seasoned yeah. racers. Yeah. So, okay, cool, man. Well, uh, anything else you want to talk about with the race here? We've been going for hour and a half now, which I know is a shorter show than what we would normally do, but at the same time, doing these three shows in a week here, it's like we don't. Uh, I don't have as much time during the middle of the week here, so. I think it's a pretty good show. So let me ask you this. So when we're coming into Dallas 3, we're expecting a pretty similar track, right? They don't change too much of the layout. They change the direction of some of the lanes, but the, a lot of the general shape. 
it's similar. They just change it up a little bit. What do you? What, what are your predictions for this coming race? Honestly, I think Webb's going to win it again. Um, with that being said, Tomac. Yeah. With that being said, I think Tomac is definitely going to be right on his ass, and it would not like my jaw's not going to hit the floor if Tomac wins. Um, but I definitely think it's one of those two wins, the 450 class. Now, as far as the 250 class goes, I don't know. Yeah, your two horse race. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> the 250 class, it wouldn't. Uh, I mean, it honestly, wouldn't surprise me to see Hunter Lawrence win another one. Because I think he's one of those guys that now that like the ball is rolling for him, I think it's only going to gain momentum here. Oh yeah, buddy. And were I, you at the donations at, at Redbud? I'm, I'm yeah. kind of faded them. I remember from that weekend. Yeah, uh, that's now, a surprise. Now you have to witness what I did when Hunter Lawrence went out and said, "Big fuck you to everybody else in the whole world," and was whooping on everybody. Yes, I am expecting that same Hunter Lawrence to return. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not Saturday. Maybe not the outdoors for all we know, but I'm expecting that same rider to continue emerge. Yeah. And then we got a real problem on our hands because there's a one, two punch of Lawrence boys that are coming for you. Yeah. And, and the thing with Hunter, um, I think he has more maturity level and we'll say like race savvy to be able to, um, to be more consistent with his races at this point. Jet is a fucking phenom. Okay. I don't think any of us are going to argue that Jet is a fucking phenom, but Jet is also. You got a crush on him, and we get that. Yeah, but he's also a 17 year old kid. Like, I'm realistic enough to go, he's a 17 year old right. kid, which is why it doesn't surprise me that he wins a race, fucking doesn't finish a race because he knocks himself out. Wins a race, doesn't finish. Wins a race, doesn't finish. Like, that doesn't surprise me at all. He's got a ton of years left in this sport. He's going to, I mean,. You look at the jump he made from last year to this year. I mean, last year he almost won a damn race, which was a lot of skill, but also a lot of luck on that race. And then as we all saw at the end, you know, it was it was rookie kid, whatever, you know, knocks himself out, fucking just destroys his collarbone, whatever. Then you look then you come into this year and you see him and it's like the first round fucking nerves like that i'm gonna crawl i'm gonna crack that up to nerves there at the first round in houston and then comes out the second round and just dominates leads wire to wire and then you know has these miscues here and there which again just sophomore year kid you know i mean like i said we all i think forget that he is 17 years old like <laughs> like he mm-hmm. is such a kid man so he can't even go watch any any adult movies right now no no so so yeah so he uh so yeah so i think there's plenty more to come from him um but like i said i think hunter has that maturity level and like i said as the ball starts to roll downhill here for him and he gets it rolling which with picking up that win he has i mean we've kind of saw this building he was like what fourth the first round or whatever and he's been slowly building been on the box been second place and then boom rattles off this win the other night and now it's like now he's got the confidence that he can go out, he can race Supercross with these guys, and he can actually beat them. And he has them. no pressure, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. He has zero, zero pressure. He may be the only Honda rider in the HRC truck for the 250s on this coast, but there's no pressure on him, man, because all the eyes are on Jet. Everybody's worried about what Jet's doing for that Honda team. No one's worried about Hunter. Well, that's comparing those two, but just for him as an individual, if I'm Hunter Lawrence, in this year, when I came to America, everybody expected me to, to yep. clean up and even to shut the door behind me because nobody else was going to win. Yep. And then he has some issues and, and has and hasn't been 
himself, so let's just say. And then now he's coming back to his own, just one array. And nobody has shit to say about him. I mean, as a matter of fact, this show two weeks ago or a week ago, whatever it was, two rounds ago, nobody even said it, you know, besides maybe somebody else, nobody else thought that he was even going to be a contender for wins. And now all of a sudden, he's got a little bit of a ball rolling and he, we know that he can be a performer with no pressure on him even. Yep. Yep. He definitely, yeah, I think, I think there's big things coming from him and it would not surprise, it won't surprise. Again, this is like with everything with me. I know just enough to be dangerous. And it's like, I know enough that this kid, it won't surprise me. Like my jaw is not going to hit the floor. If all of a sudden this kid dominates, you know, like just podium and wins the rest of the way out. And then by the time you get to the end, it's like, Oh, him, Cooper, McAdoo are all within five points of each other. Like, Oh, it's not a two horse racing world. Like, oh. like would not, would not surprise me at all. Well, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Cause we get a little ahead of ourselves sometimes here. You know, we start making calls about things and then all of a sudden something goes crazy in the next race. But again, too, this season, well, let's, talk, let's get down. a little ahead of ourselves on something else. Cause I find that Justin Cooper who is, you know, the guy to beat, let's just say. Yep. I think that he's fragile. And I, we have the same last name for the fans at home. We have the same last name. I have a little bit of skin in the game. We're not related whatsoever, but, you know, he's got the same name as me, so I got to say, fuck yeah, let's go, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, for, for what it's worth, he looks fragile out there. He, he might have the speed, but he's, I don't know. You you may remember back when Stu was, was on his prime, you knew when Stu was out uh, a shark in the water on blood and he knew when he was out there like I hope he survives the race and Justin Cooper when I'm watching I'm saying I hope he survives the race yeah he um he definitely looked frazzled I thought before Tuesday night and then Tuesday night I thought he looked 100% better he won his heat um and then you know it was it was just a little bit of bad luck in the main but once the bat I mean he's it's just that way like he has this little bit of bad luck and all of a sudden it's like oh shit like is he gonna be able to pull this off because he was pretty much the title favorite. Like, no one really called McAdoo. Everyone thought McAdoo would make a step this year, but no one really called him to go out and, you know, be the title favorite. And then, obviously, you've got Hunter Lawrence, who all of a sudden now is carrying the red plate, and it's like, oh, boy. Like, uh, this this could get interesting here, and Cooper's definitely going to have to work for it. The thing I find the most strange about that is you have these star bikes that are fucking rocket ships, and Thrasher, Fry, and Cooper cannot get a start absolutely cannot get a start like justin cooper's whole thing the other night was because he got a shit start again and it's like dude what are you doing yeah like you're buried off the start every week on this show every time i come on this show i i I guess we'll say i piss and moan about the track builders making him so narrow and i think that it has huge effect on things like that because it's very difficult to make passing through the pack like James Stewart used to do on his 125, passing two, three people a section. It's hard to do that when the lanes are kind of two riders wide. Yeah. You might be three wide, but it's not very, very common at all because of that. Yeah. Previously, if you go back and watch, like Todd Harris was was a was a TV guy with Benny Stevenson back in the mid 2000s, and the tracks were way wider and it allowed for a lot more. Uh, not even so aggressive. Like right now, if you want to come across and. and Pass somebody aggressively in a corner, you pretty much are going to nail them, or or you that there's only a really two lines to do. You're going to go up on the inside of them, or you're going to square up the outside. Well, before when the turn, when the lanes were wider, there's a lot more of a groom to play with. Yep. I think it affects our racing some. Yeah, probably does. I mean, this has been a hot topic too, and in, in some of the podcasts I've been listening to about the amount of dirt they're using, the amount of lanes. I mean, Saturday, look at Saturday night's track, Dallas one. 
there was a 25-foot section, which is literally the width of a lane, uh, down the center of the stadium that they were not using. Now, after seeing the changes they made for the Tuesday night round, we all know now why there was no section built down the center of that track, and that was because they were going to use it for the start on Tuesday night's race, which gave us a nice long start, which was nice. But, I mean, yeah, it's it's the tracks are definitely, I don't know, they're not as racy. Like I said, Tuesday night I was surprised that it got as racy as it did because um, I really thought with all the switchbacks it was going to suck, like just completely suck ass, just one line, going to be terrible. But it actually turned out pretty okay. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know what you do to make them different, to make them more raceable and better. I mean, you talk about wider lanes. Okay, that could be a thing. Um, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It was a thing. Well, we're not reinventing the wheel. It was like that for the history of Supercross until they started trying to tr- trim some fat. And yeah. if, frankly, if it's a money thing because there's not a bunch of asses in the seats uh, paying for the, for everything and they're just trying to keep it from being so costly because dirt not only is bringing in but to move it is expensive. I yep. get that. But uh, if you know, we we need to identify if that's what the deal is because otherwise we need to make these motherfuckers wider. Yeah, they have some better racing. Yeah, yeah, there definitely has to be something done because I. Th- I don't know that the start cross thing is going to live on here forever. Like <laughs> you can only go, you can only watch so many seasons with so many races of it having to be completely start dependent before you're like, ah, God, okay, we got to do something different. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, taller, just taller tracks and wider lanes. That's what they were before. And the tracks would be amazing. They have like Tuesday's track, Dallas two for the fans at home. Dallas two, the track was so fun looking and flowy. Uh, I just needed a little bit more girth, and, and we have all the lanes now. For with the exception of the triples, pretty much everything is three, five, three, that kind of stuff. It's nothing a lot taller than that. Yeah, uh, and that keeps the track so like charging forward, not so much up and down, which sounds great for making lap times. But when you're trying to go the opposite direction and have it be slower and have it take longer to get around the track, so we don't have 43 second laps. Well, that's something we need to address. I think we need to go back to building Excite bike tracks. I think we need a lot of moguls that are just gnarly. I think we need some step-up jumps. You know, I think I think we need some cool shit like that again. Speaking of moguls, we got uh, more outdoor races this year, I just remembered. Fuck, this is good. Yeah, we got three rounds of Atlanta, but we also got two weeks off after Saturday, so we got time. So the next round after that is Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, we have, we have Dallas Saturday, Dallas 3 Saturday, then we're off for two weeks. We have literally two Saturdays where we have no racing. And then we go to Atlanta for three. And then we go to Salt Lake City for the last two weeks. Well, I don't know. I probably doubt it. Wait a minute. So that would mean there's only five. That means, that means there's only five rounds left. I don't, is that right? Yeah. Anyways, no, whatever. that's, to, that's what totally right. right now is uh, perhaps the Moto Aftermath show needs to make a, rip, uh, a trip down to Atlanta for the Supercross. And bring some bikes with us and ride at uh, MTF and GPF or some of my old friends down there along the way. I mean, I would love that, but we'll see how the work goes here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you, you know, for the friends at home, both of, both Travis and I are in similar similar jobs, uh, being business owners. So right now, spring hitting, and everybody uh, just got fourteen hundred dollars semi checks. Well, I mean, most people at least so. It's uh, it's busy time. <laughs> did, did did you get did you get yours? Because I haven't got mine yet. I got mine this morning, but I haven't gotten anything else out of goddamn government fucking me over. 
Yeah, I, I got I got the first two. I haven't got this one yet. I'm gonna have to go inside and check again. But yeah, I haven't gotten this one, which I'm like, shit, I need that because, you know, I got tax bills and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. I'm trying in the next seven weeks. I'm trying to both move where I live and I'm trying to expand into a bigger shop space, as you're aware of. And I, and I'm sure it would be a lot easier if, uh, if the Small Business Administration of our United States government would work out work along with me instead of uh, not. Yeah, that would so be. We'll see. That'd be stupendous. So, all right, man. Well, I gotta go inside and get get some sleep so I can get up early and work again. <laughs> Cause I didn't get nothing done today. Nice show tonight. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Kev was, was great. One. Cole had some good points. I gotta do what he's doing as soon as all my stuff shows up, which hopefully will be soon. So, like I said, I should have my plastics and my seat cover here. So that'll be that'll be helpful. Get that get that rolling. Are you putting it on yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying I to. I wouldn't get... have you work with my bicycle. Why? I don't know, but I'm just saying. I, dude, we I... might have to bring the extras in. Dude, I've been building. I've been building bikes since I was 18, man. I went to school to be a mechanic. Did you? Yeah, I, I went to school to be an auto mechanic and did that for about two weeks, and then said, well, "Screw it, I'm out." So just ease it up. Good for for your YouTube channel, we'll have to get some, some good footy of, uh, of doing that assembly stuff. Oh, don't worry. I got, dude, I got, I'm, I'm kind of, luckily the only thing that's really on back order for my bike is the bars are like a week or two out. So, which is great. Cause I, uh, I rent all nine, nine sixes is what I run. So mm-hmm. I got those. Um, I got the rear spring. Like I told you, I got the, uh, got the new plastics for the bike. Got a new seat cover, so that way I'll have all the OEM stuff when I want to sell that bike. Um, and then I got a new rear sprocket, a blue one, instead of that stupid just stock silver one, because I can't stand that. And I have uh, radiator braces, which I got a coat this week, so I can uh, put those on. But yeah, no, I'm waiting to kind of get everything here, um, so I can do it all in, like I can do it on a Sunday afternoon, because realistically, swapping a spring, plastics sprocket you know it shouldn't be shouldn't be anything too tricky so i'm hoping i'm I'm hoping that by like the first week of april here i got uh i have the bike together so i can so i can rock it and ride it so because like today being down uh, well today being down at the track down the road with all the kids riding i was uh i was playing coach the old, you know, the old fat guy that can't ride it, can't ride, ride slower and shit in his, in his <laughs> workout clothes, telling these kids like, y'all need to stand up going through that corner. And then they're like, we can't do that. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't do that? And then I go out and look and mind you, they cut in this new section at the track at the end of the street. Right. Cause you, uh, well, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like, uh, it's like a little track it was like for fifties and yep. then they've been slowly building the jumps up as the kids been getting older. So now it's like, it's got some pretty decent, okay jumps on it, but it's still like a flat track in a field, but they had a whole nother section of field that we haven't been using because it was basically flooded all the time. So the dad dug like mm-hmm. a drainage ditch all the way down the middle of the field, which by the way, he then built a jump over it. So you have to jump over this drainage yes. ditch when you go out in this new section, but whatever. Um, but it's mostly just like turn track out there. Like you just go down and you have turns. And this one turn is like this big sweeping 90 left-hander. And so I'm telling them, cause they've like wood chipped it and he's been tilling it with the tractor the last few days or whatever. So it's pretty decent. And I'm like, guys, you should stand up through this corner. And they're like, Oh, we can't do it. So I go out and look 
and this nice flowy turn, all these kids that are riding and they're all riding like the, the smallest kid was riding an 85, right? So they're all 125s and 250Fs. They're out there. They have basically come straight into this corner at like a 45 degree angle. Instead of arcing it nice, they've come straight in and then just done like a 45 degree pivot and headed out. Like the rut was so fucking terrible. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell have you kids been doing? So I'm like, look, he he plowed this. He built this nice, It well, he didn't really build it. It just naturally kind of formed. There's this nice little, just really small, like berm rut along the outside that formed from him just grading it. I'm like, you guys should be going here, following this around and basically cutting across this stupid ass rut you made and standing up. And these kids, I kid you not, I'm like, stand up through the whole corner. Both feet on the pegs, wait the outside, like, just go. And it's like, I don't know a whole lot, but I know that this is a thing that should be happening, right? And these kids are like, they can't stand up. They, like, literally are, like, ass an inch off the seat. And I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing, man? Like, stand up and go through this corner. And they, dude, it took them forever. And then the one kid, I'm explaining to him, like, look, dude, come in here follow it this way around and cut across the rut right there and it'll be this perfect arch it'll be awesome right he goes out and comes in the first time and just follows the rut that's already there and i look at his dad and his dad's like is he fucking stupid i'm like he must be because he just did the same rut when i clearly told him he was like literally stopped next to the corner standing there with me and i'm like dude go here like this is where you want to go this is the fast line and so by the time I left, they uh, after about 15 minutes, they had finally started to figure it out and make a new rut by following the line that would be faster. But man, it was wild. I'm like, I don't get it. I'm old and slow. And even I know, like, dude, if I'm going through this corner, I'm probably standing up both feet on the pegs. Like, no sitting down, no feet <laughs> off. Like, it is not that kind of corner. It's not that tight. It's not that small. Like, you can... You should be able, dude, on my 250F, I should be able to second or third gear wide open this corner, man. Probably second gear on that Yamaha. It's fast. but I'm going to hold you to that. Well, I, I mean, dude, I'm, I'm not saying I can actually take it wide open. Okay, I suck. All right? I'm way worse than these kids. <laughs> but And these kids, like, they were the one's on a brand-new Gas Gas 125. The other one's on, like, a fucking newer Yamaha 125. I'm like, dude, you guys should be third gear just wah, through this corner, dude. Like, this is insane. So... Man, I love my 125s. I wish my RM wasn't so damn slow. Yeah. I'm, I'm building, for the fans at home, I'm building the RM125 right now. Uh, it's one of my old bikes, but it's not a race bike. It was after I retired when I got it. And it's so slow. It's fun. It's the funnest bike you can ride, but it's like riding a bicycle. It's the slowest thing ever. Hey, that's I'm only a, I'm 165 pounds, which is kind of heavy for 125, but I ride pretty all right. And it's the slowest ever. I wonder if the new KTM and all the other three other colors they come in, are, are they 125 still, or are they 144s? No, as far as I know, they're all still 125s. Like, I haven't heard anything about them being 144s. KTM still makes, I think, the 150s. It used to be. Huh. Yeah, that's what, that's what the 150 is, 144 cc's. Okay, yeah. So, the one the they still make the KTM 150, um, but the uh, but as far as the actual 125s, they're all, they're all 125s, as far as I know. I don't know anything different. I may be wrong on that, but I don't know anything different. So... I mean, that gas gas rips pretty good, that 2021 that kid's got. Um, like, that rips yeah. pretty good. So, I haven't rode it yet. I'm sure I will at some point here, but I just haven't yet because he got it literally, like, the last day we rode when I was riding my Yamaha last year. So, 
But yeah, but it was it was wild. But I am excited to have like an actual. I mean, because it's probably like an acre or two worth of space they have, and they just have a few turns yeah. out there. So I'm pretty pumped to actually get to you know work some turns. I think that's going to be fun. Because I'm gonna have to come out there and bring my one ten with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, it, like I said, it's a good time. So, uh, but we will do we will do the bike build. I went the I went the bare minimum of what I could bring myself to do right now just to get it so that I could, you know, ride it and like not feel bad. Couldn't I couldn't bring myself to ride it with the brand new plastics on it like the OEM ones cuz I'm like, dude, when I when I go to sell this at some point if I go to sell it like or even if I don't sell it, like let's just say I keep it forever cuz it's like the first brand new bike I've ever bought, like I want to be able to put it back to all stock and be like, "Yep." See that, guys? That was the first bike I had. See how it looks brand fucking new? That's right. So, changing the look up, though. It's different color. It's not going to be blue. What are you doing? You'll have to wait and see. You're going to go, like, uh, gray and white and shit? You'll have to wait and see. All right, fair enough, fair enough. I'll tell you off the air. I'm not going to tell you on the air. I want it to be a surprise for the fans. Probably bright pink for for. For the fans at home, it's probably bright pink for zebra seat. That's the kid's bike. <laughs> she the hell's that going, by the way? Uh, well, I'm super happy I don't have to also build hers this year because I have a PW guy. So he's supposed to be back in town today or tomorrow. So hopefully by this weekend, I'll have that bike to him. And I'm sure that'll take him like three fucking days if he has the parts to uh, to make happen. So that bike, hopefully. For the fans at home. Huh? Give him a shout out for fans at home. Oh, it's Scott over at ProFlow Racing. Uh, look them up on uh, on Instagram. ProFlow Racing. It's Pro and then Flow without a W. It's just F L O. Uh, he builds uh, national caliber PW fifties. So if you have a PW rider, um, even if you don't need a national caliber bike, let's just say you want to refresh, you want to buy some some upgraded PW parts. He is the guy to go to for that. I uh, I do all the coding on their frames and stuff for their builds, frames, wheels, that kind of stuff. So if you do get a bike from him, it's crazy how fast they make them. Four horse, that he takes that thing from two to four horse, dude. Fucking wild. So makes it dirt so- track is a real big thing on this side of the state. So like a lot of the dirt track riders that I know, the pros now, their first bike was a super modded out PW. Sick. A whole bunch of them actually, and it's kind of funny to think about that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he he does he does good work. I've seen his bikes. He literally has usually about half the gate at Loretta's are his bikes. So he's uh he's currently going back and forth between Michigan and Florida because his kid is training in Florida. So yeah, make sure to check them out. Like I said, the kid's bike is going there. We're gonna have a pink bike. I'm really pumped because her seat's gonna be pink with white ribs down it. And I really like that for some, for some reason, I just like that look. Like if I got to have a girl's bike, which obviously I have a six year old girl, if I got to have a girl's bike and it's got to be a P dub and she's got to have pink or purple, I either wanted a pink seat with white ribs or a purple seat with white ribs. Cause I just thought that was the coolest looking shit ever. Like I don't want a full pink seat. It's got to have the white ribs down it. So, but I'm pretty That's pumped. Funny. I am actually pretty pumped to get that bike built and get her out on it. So, although I got to, dude, I got to buy gear. I tried to go like two weeks ago to get gear at Ziegler's and they didn't have anything in yet. So, cause like we don't have boots. She's got a helmet. She's got gloves. She's got goggles, but we don't have any boots. We don't have a Jersey. We don't have pants. We don't have any of that shit. So send me, send me her sizes of stuff. I got dealer accounts for that shit right now. Okay. All right. Well, 
that was part of the I reason we were going is because we're not 100% sure on the sizes. So we were trying to get her get her to try some stuff on when we were there. But, of course, like I said, they didn't have anything. And they told us it would be a couple weeks. So we're Isn't gonna that have to, bizarre? Yeah, so we're going to have to go back this week and see well, if they we have anything. Up, you, you only went. When, you, when, when we were growing up, we only went to the store to buy your gear and all the other crap you buy. So you didn't have to worry about that. And now everything's mail order. Yeah. So people would just go to the store to try it on, and then they buy it on the internet. Anyways, it's the wildest thing right now. Oh, yeah. 100%. Well, and like you said, between your dealer account and I can get stuff uh, through through Cole with Tucker, I mean, it was like, yeah, I'm definitely not <laughs> definitely not buying stuff here, you know, so. But, mm-hmm. all right, man. I got to head inside, though. I got to wrap this up. So, thanks, everyone, for listening thanks to. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, friends. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Episode number 161 of the Moto Aftermath Show. Again, thanks to our sponsors, TLR Coatings, Premier Custom Trailers, JT Cycle, and the Dirt Bike Depot. Make sure to check them all out. Links in the description below. Make sure to uh, like, subscribe, comment, share. That helps us grow. There's all sorts of links to help support us. Amazon links, Patreon links, all that kind of stuff down below too. So make sure to hit those up. And we will see everyone Sunday for a normal show Hopefully we have uh, Justin and Cole in in studio here. Maybe we'll get Tom back on the phone. I'm sure Kev will be back. Hopefully we get a couple other guys on too. But we'll be back for normal in-studio show this weekend. See ya.